Welcome back. This is the last episode of our podcast on neuroscience and the law. Our journey has been mostly focused on the application of the knowledge of neuroscience in the legal system, and by now we have come to some understanding of what neural law really is and how it relates with the concept of creating a just society. Through our journey, different domains and viewpoints have been examined, and now it is the time to explore how can this implementation or this interdisciplinary field of study be improved. Although neuroscience and the law began engaging with one another when electroencephalography, which is EEG, and psychosurgery emerged in the mid twentieth century, the current concept of neural law is driven by newer technological advances such as MRI and by researches and publications. Magnetic resonance imaging is one of the most common techniques for measuring the structure of the human brain. It provides images of the brain's anatomy, and newly developed functional MRI (fMRI) can produce dynamic images that reflect patterns of brain activity. Similarly, electroencephalography (EEG) and MEG are also technologies that image the brain. They can measure electrical or magnetic fields produced on the scalp as a result of brain activity, and can take detailed images. They have a high temporal resolution compared with MRI. However, they have a comparatively poor spatial resolution. Neuroscientists use both the EEG and MEG in combination with MRI in order to produce secure or converging evidence, taking the strength that each technology has provided. By understanding the physical roots of neurological diseases, mental illnesses, and non-pathological behaviors. Neuroscience can improve the way that people judge and even reduce cost of trial processes, especially when obtaining confessions. Confession extorts, such as police-induced coerced confessions or judicial confessions, will not be needed in trial processes if neurotechnology can measure if the person is telling a lie or not in their mental state at the time. Although neuroscience can help explain many human behaviors and the mind, and can be helpful in adding or existing methods using to legal systems to interpret or predicting criminal behavior, neuroscientists and legal professionals conduct their work in total different surroundings. First, there need to be forums or conferences for bringing together the two groups. There can be international meetings to bring together those working on the interdisciplinary study, discussing advances in both areas, and identify practical applications that need to be addressed. Second, there can be training and education for professionals at all stages of the legal system to understand key principles on neuroscience. Law degrees in university can incorporate knowledge on the introduction to basic principles of neuroscience and behavioral genetics can possibly aid lawyers' ability to assess the quality of an evidence. Training seminars on judging cases relating with mental disorders are also effective methods of bringing in the two fields of study together, and creating future professionals who understand the application of neuroscience in courts. These are just to name a few ways. Of improving the future of neural law. As we end this journey together, I hope you have come to some understanding of the importance of applying neuroscience in the legal system, and using knowledge from interdisciplinary studies to solve global issues. 
such as improving the current justice system and creating a fairer society. Always remember that we are what constructs a society, and we are the ones who can make our world a better place. Use your knowledge to make a change. I hope you enjoyed this podcast series. You can leave me any comments or suggestions, and I hope you all have a wonderful day. Thank you.